There's this God void in her life, and she's trying to seek that from this man or that man. And that, again, is an opportunity to show her that actually the man who she needs to put her trust in is Jesus Christ. And he actually came to this earth, died for her, and rose from the grave, defeating death on her behalf so that she could trust in him and have eternal life. The hope is, of course, when she receives the gospel, her heart is turned, right? And she's no longer looking for love in all the wrong places, right? She can find uh, comfort and true love in the Lord Jesus. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip encourage and challenge you in pro-life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel stay tuned i felt your passion touched your heart use me lord use me lord hey everyone welcome to the gospel centered pro-life podcast i'm vicky kosjorg and i'm here with daniel parks what's up and, guys yeah and we are we are here as as always hoping to encourage and equip people that are laboring for the Lord out on the sidewalks in front of abortion centers speaking on behalf of those unborn babies. So um so today's topic as most of the topics that that we cover actually came out of a real life situation. It was actually a counselor in another city that that brought this to our attention. She was dealing with this issue, but it's common. I've I've dealt with it many times. Yeah. I mean, understanding that many of the families that we reach out to, many of the women that we reach out to have pretty um, chaotic lives and the families are not what you would consider traditional family structure, husband and wife. There's just a lot of confusion, a lot of chaos in these families, in these women's lives. And there's a lot to be sorted through. And so this particular subject is what if the father of the baby is unknown? And we've encountered right. this, like you mentioned, this is not the only um, scenario in which we've encountered this. Like we see this a lot. Sometimes women will come to the abortion center and uh, you ask them the question, does the father of the baby know that you're here? And the answer is, well, I don't even know who the father is. Yeah. So yeah, definitely something we... Um, will face. If you guys haven't faced this yet, you likely will. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk through, how do you, what do you do with yeah. that? How, how do you handle that situation? Right. And, and uh, you know, I want to start off with the warning. Many women are coming for an abortion based on who the father yeah. is. Yeah. So there's usually... In in every well, not in every case, but in most cases, there's two men that it could be. Yeah. Sometimes one is the husband, right. and the other one is someone they've had an affair with. And right. of course, if it turns out not to be the husband's baby, and they intend to try and repair that marriage, they're concerned about having that baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, or in another scenario that I see a lot. There's two boyfriends. One is the less desired and one is the more desired. And they want to know which one it is um, so that they can make the choice on 
whether they want that baby because yeah. if it's the less desired boyfriend, they yeah. they don't want the baby. So there's Which is, a danger. You know, it, it speaks to the, again, just the destruction of the family. It speaks to the enemy, the devil's lies and of course, the nature of sin, how sin right. just brings destruction, how sin brings chaos and confusion. Because yeah. how heartbreaking is that? <laughs> to really? think about that, a mother is deciding whether or not she'll kill her child based on who's the father of that yeah. child. Yeah, and, and then so, the yeah. it, it it's so sad and so tragic. But the, And then the third thing that, that she's kind of thinking through is maybe the boyfriends are fairly equal in her <laughs> Right <laughs> in her mind, um, but one is urging abortion, and one is urging life. Yeah, and she wants to know who the baby is because yeah. if it's the baby is the baby of the one urging abortion, and she still wants to have any future with him in her eyes, then she needs to follow through with with that abortion. So we we really do need to be aware if a mom. Now, there's there's lots of clues that this is what's going on. They don't always tell you this right away. They Some of them are very embarrassed by the fact that yeah. they don't know who the father is. And if it's an adulterous situation, they, they tend to not share that immediately. Right. Usually that comes after a lot of questioning. But... Um, but if someone is is coming in and saying, will you be able to tell me exactly when this baby was conceived? That's yeah. a tip off. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're, they're not they don't care about that unless there's an issue with paternity in, in almost yeah. every situation that they just don't know who the father is. Um, can you tell me exactly how far along? And if that be, if that's like a huge focus, those are all you know, red right. flags. The, yeah. This is a yeah. mom who who needs to know who the father is. And it will change our counseling. It For me, it changes my counseling technique if I know this. Right. Um, and we are going to go into that as, as we proceed through this article. But um, so there are some steps in dealing with this. And the first step, which is really honestly the first step in, in every, every counseling um Someone who's coming for an abortion, first clearly determine what is the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and like you said, any counseling uh, scenario, you want to figure out what the situation is, and if you can get right to this being the situation, she's deciding whether or not to have an abortion based on who the father of the baby is. Then you can, of course, address that. And I'm going to give you guys some um, some talking points as far as that goes. Yeah. But yeah, making a good assessment of the situation, and you do that by just asking questions. Now, you're not going to come right out and ask this question, because this question right away is going to, you know, this is not a question you're going to ask because it'll shut the conversation down. You're accusing them of being promiscuous or whatever. Right. Um, But if you can get some of those clues, like Vicky mentioned earlier, then you could ask that question in a pretty tactful way. You could say something like, so do you know who the father is? of your baby is. And you want to ask it, of course, in not an accusing way. Right. But right. Uh, yeah, getting a good picture, the more information you have about the situation that she's in, the more you can address the concerns that she has. Right. And, and in a compassionate, non-condemning 
way because if she feels condemned, and it's hard, I, I will say, yeah. some of these situations that you're going to hear, it is very hard not to just gasp and, yeah. <laughs> and recoil. Some of the situations are so sordid that, yeah. that you just really, you need to keep that under control because if they feel condemned um, in any way, they're probably not going to share truth with you and you need yeah. them to feel comfortable enough with you that, that they will share truth. Yeah. So, um, so an, another red flag is if there's hesitation to answer any of your questions and if there's inconsistencies in what they're telling you. I know when I was newer at this, I just figured, oh, I... I must be asking this question in a mean way or something. I would think the problem yeah. was me. There's inconsistencies because I'm dumb and I'm not following <laughs> or or I'm I'm they're hesitating because I'm not phrasing the question well. Yeah. That is usually not the case. It yeah. usually the case is they're trying to hide something and um because they're ashamed or there are portions of their story that they just really are not ready to share. Yeah, and so watch for hesitation and watch for inconsistency as you're as you're asking the questions, um, because if they're hiding something, probably that something they're hiding is absolutely crucial for you to know. Yeah, yeah, and it may not be revealed um, immediately. Yeah, and that's of course that principle pertains to this situation that we're dealing with, but it pertains to every other yeah uh, counseling scenario that you deal with as well. Right. If they're hiding something. There's there's something to the something that they're hiding, right? And so if they're hiding who the father of the baby is, or the fact that they don't know who the father of the baby is because of shame or whatever, that's going to be an important factor in yeah. that decision for life or for death. Yes. Yeah, so so you know one way to ask um, if if you're beginning to suspect they don't know who the father is, just saying, well, why are you so concerned about um, the exact date? of yeah. conception. Yeah. Because that then that's when they'll start lying if they're trying to cover up what it but but keep clarifying with why questions are really good questions. Yeah. To to keep clarifying to the point where they finally will just it becomes so impossible for them to keep lying. They know it. And they yeah. will and that's when I'll see them finally say, Well, I don't know um who the father is. Yeah. So yeah. then the, the next main... Yeah, before oh, we move ahead. on to the next point, I think it's good um, in counseling and talking to these women, again, in vulnerable situations, in chaotic and um, destructive situations, sometimes it's, it's helpful just to clear the air. Yeah. And just to say, if you're picking up on some cues that indicate that she doesn't know who the father of the baby is, just to say... If you don't know who the father of the baby is, that's okay. I'm yeah. not here to yeah. judge you or condemn you. I just want to understand the full picture of what you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and so just clearing the air like that, I think, is helpful. And it can help you kind of move the conversation forward for sure. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. It's like the elephant in the room. We've talked about that. Sometimes we want to yeah. just keep dancing around it. Sometimes it's just better to just yeah. say it. But I loved how you said it. It's not because we want to judge you or condemn you. It's that we want to help you, and we can't help you if we don't know the full picture. 
So, yeah, you know, yeah, give us exactly. the full picture. So the next main point, and I think this is maybe the most important point of this entire podcast, um, in the case where the counselor contacted us to say, what should I do? Her question was, should we encourage um, determining paternity in terms yeah. of this woman had specifically asked for, would we help with the cost of blood work, I think? Yeah. And, um, and the short answer is no. No, we should, we should, in my opinion, we should never encourage determining paternity of the, of the child. And our counseling should be directed at not who is the father, because ultimately who the father is does not in any way change or determine value of that child. Yeah. yeah, And so I think that's where our counseling has to, as soon as we suspect or know that this mom is fishing around to find out who the father is because the baby's going to die based on who the father is or could die yeah, or even live, you know, while we want the baby to live, her reason shouldn't be because she's crazy about the father. The reason should be, that baby has value before God. And and so that's, I think, where our, all of our counseling efforts really need to, to focus at that point yeah. is on yeah, what just gives so, that baby value. So folks listening know um, there are prenatal paternity tests right. that are available. Things and you they're can expensive, order. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you can order them online from my understanding and, uh, you know, do blood work or whatever. I don't know what you send in exactly, but... They can do that paternity test. But yeah, they're pretty expensive. But if you think about it, if she's struggling with the decision whether or not to abort, and you know, if it's this father, then I won't. If this father, then I will. Basically, there's a 50-50 chance that what you're doing, if you help her to get a paternity test or even point her in the direction, it's a 50-50 chance that you're uh, condemning that baby, you know, not consciously, and so I'm not trying to put guilt on anyone who's maybe been in one of these situations, but there's a sense in which we're um, 50-50 chance aligning ourselves with that choice for death, and we got to stay away from that, as far away from that as possible. We do. Now, I want to say that I totally understand the counselor's dilemma when she asked us about this. I do understand the um, the deep desire to offer everything to yeah. a mom to try and get them not to kill their baby. And that is clearly what that counselor was feeling in her heart. Yeah. Um, but, and this is in general, also for all of you people out there who do this work, don't offer them the world if, um, <laughs> you know, you can't, first of all, you can't. You can't offer everything that they need or want, for sure. Only God can can ever do that. But, um, but, it is okay to say there are some things that our ministry just cannot do. We yeah. can't pay ongoing rent. First yeah. of all, it's enabling them to live in a dependency on someone other than God, which is, you know, not a a good idea. But um, it is okay to tell moms, no, um, that's not something we can do. Yeah. But let me tell you what we can do. Right. So, um so yes, she. Um, it, we need to be very careful about 
what we are willing to pay for and at this and I would say never ever pay for any kind of paternity testing but then the very next portion of our article which probably many of you have already figured out well yeah but if you do an ultrasound where they measure the baby which is what they do they know the age of the baby fairly accurate i think it can yeah. be plus or minus a week or two um aren't you helping them then to determine paternity with an ultrasound yeah and yes Sometimes you are, sometimes you are, which is why the counseling needs to focus on the value of the baby. Yeah, yeah. No matter what. Yeah, because in this particular scenario, when we're talking about the uh, ultrasound, mm -hmm. we know that connecting that mom with her baby, no matter who the father is, is a powerful way to provoke those kind of nurturing feelings and the feelings that a mother should have to protect her baby. And, uh, you know, so that, yeah, you could be opening up the door for that and for considerations of her aborting because of how far that baby is along. But you're also showing her her baby. And like you said, and like kind of our next major point is, the value of that baby is never based on anything but the fact that he or she is made in the image of God. Yeah, Not based on who the father is, not based on what struggles are or she's dealing with or any of that stuff. That child's value is based on the fact that he or she is made in the image of God. And we have to keep beating that drum with these moms. Yeah. And uh, sometimes my general method of counseling, if we have a mobile ultrasound unit, I not I know not all people will have this, but if you have a mom who you've talked with them, whether you're going to be taking them on a mobile ultrasound unit or taking them to a pregnancy resource center, normally my first, uh, the first thing I want them to do is see that baby. Getting yeah. them to the ultrasound is normally more important than most of my counseling. Yeah. But in this case, I will try to counsel first about what gives a human being value. Yeah. Uh, and both in the sight of God or, or even from a humanistic point of view, which is that we are human, that we yeah. share, we all share human DNA. Um, yeah. Because no matter, because then you're, you're prepping her for no matter what she sees on the ultrasound, no matter what she figures out in terms of the father, hopefully you've taken the focus off of that um, and put the focus on the inherent value yeah. of that child. Be So you're prepping her for looking at that child, hopefully with eyes that are a little bit more um, in tune with what God would yeah. have her be focusing on and, and seeing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've also got to consider, and we always talk about answering these women's struggles with compassion, mm -hmm. right? That means to suffer with them. Mm -hmm. And even though it seems very frivolous and um, very selfish for her to be trying to consider between two fathers whether or not she's going to abort, and of course not justifiable, right? Right. There are some struggles and, and there are some situations. I mean, I've talked to women who's uh, potentially the father of the baby is in prison. He was just recently in prison. And like, that's a very real struggle. So if it's this guy, he's not in prison. If this, if this guy, he's in prison. Yeah. Um, some that might be, you know, 
the father potentially the father between two of these uh, potential dads one of them could be abusive and the other one not abusive you know it's like and so we got to realize of course again sin is at the uh, at the core of the issues here right and i think there is a point in which it's appropriate to say i know you've done this and i've done this don't you see what sin does like god has in his word you should not commit adultery the seventh command right don't you see that God's commands are best? Don't you see, at least now, can't you see, because there's all this chaos and confusion, can't you see that God's ways are the best ways, even though the world doesn't say that they are? Um, you know, I think it's definitely appropriate to say that. But yeah. again, you still have to, you have to enter into these struggles with them with compassion and uh, and not come across as you know, judgmental or condemning or whatever. Um, in the abusive situation thing um, that you mentioned, this is not uncommon. The woman is in an abusive situation. She's She feels trapped. She doesn't know how to get out of that situation. And, um, and she's deeply wounded, you know, emotionally and often yep. physically. It, you can understand why if another nice guy comes along... Yeah. Maybe not even another nice guy. She may not know the guy, but she is seeking love, care, being cherished, tenderness, whatever. And she clearly is not getting that in the abusive relationship. And so I think sometimes when you said enter in, you're not yeah. entering into, you know, obviously condoning sin, but you course, can yeah. enter into understanding that human need for being cared about. And that this is um, a woman who clearly doesn't have that, yeah. not, not, and not certainly not from that abusive man, and so they sometimes will go looking for it elsewhere because um, yeah. they're so unhappy. So I, I think if if you do understand that dynamic, I think it helps you to honestly feel less condemning. Because I yeah. know there are times, there are situations where I'm like, you've got to be kidding. You, oh, yeah. What is yeah. wrong with you? But there are yeah, times. Yeah, you really have to restrain yourself. Yeah, I like, really do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand that. But less so, I think, when I know that it's a woman who's in an abusive situation, because I, I yeah. get it. I get I get the dynamic that is driving her to do this terrible thing. Um, yeah. Doesn't, con doesn't, you know, make it okay, but, but I yeah. get it, and it makes me a little bit able to be a little bit more compassionate. But so you brought up then, Daniel, really the last major point um, through what you just said that don't ever neglect the gospel. Yeah. In in, in yeah. this situation especially, but but ever. Yeah. Yeah. And you, of course, you, the preparation work for the gospel is the law of God, right? It is. The fact that we are sinners in need of a Savior and taking opportunity in these scenarios particularly to say, here's the result of sin. And there is this dynamic, obviously, like you said earlier, she's searching for love, looking for love in all the wrong places. Right, exactly. Right? There is this sense in which there's a God-shaped hole in her heart, right? right? There's this God void in her life, and she's trying to seek that from this man or that man. And that, again, is an opportunity to show her that actually the man who she needs to put her trust in is Jesus Christ, and yeah. he actually came to this earth died for her and rose from the grave, defeating death on her behalf so that she could trust in him and have eternal life. The hope is, of course, when she receives the gospel, her heart is turned, right? And she's no longer 
looking for love in all the wrong places, yeah. right? She can find uh, comfort and true love in the Lord Jesus yeah. and then pursue godly relationships. And that's what we want to get toward, them pursuing godly relationships. Right. And this is, um, I also want to make the point that this is hard. This is a hard situation. This is an uphill battle. You, yeah. you can only do your best and, and the rest is up to God and that woman. But, um, but I have seen a lot of women choose abortion. Uh, yeah, rather yeah. than um, come to an un- a true understanding of who God is and what God says about that baby. Yeah. They're just so focused on the mess that they have made of their lives. But again, don't slam the door on them because they will see, there will come a day when they will see this mess. Oftentimes, both guys will ditch yeah. this woman, um, whether she aborts or not. That happened recently. I think we did a podcast about one of those situations she had the abortion, and the guy immediately, she called him after the abortion, and he dumped her right then and there. Yeah, yeah. So even though she did what he had told her to do. So um, they, they will need, um, they all need God. They will need him even more as the mess of what they've done with their life becomes more and more apparent. And yeah. um, fortunately, we, we do offer, through Love Life, we do offer mentorship of women, whether they've aborted or not. Yeah. And, um, and then we, you know, we hopefully are able to speak and disciple about what truly submitting a life to the Lord looks like. And that's the only thing that's going to, like you said, heal and bring them the love that they are seeking. Yeah. 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 Amen. Well, guys, we're done with this episode. We appreciate you listening to this episode. We appreciate if you guys would reach out to us and just give us some feedback on this episode or uh, future episodes you'd like for us to cover, or subjects you'd like for us to cover. And also, would appreciate if you guys would leave us a review on whatever podcast service that you use to listen to this episode. And um, also, you could reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. You reach her, Vicki with a Y at lovelife.org. Check out our podcast website, gospelcenteredprolife.com, and our training and equipping website, Sidewalks for Life, Sidewalks and Number Four Life.com. Um, but until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you